Happy Mother's Day, everyone. How's everybody doing today? Amen. This is my little sister, Margaret. She uh, does all interior design on all our campuses and all around the county. And she uh, is the young lady I told you that I saved who was drowning in the pool and I yanked her out when I walked on top of the water. It's like three you feet of water. It's like three feet of water. And I was like three. He was like six, so he did. But I propose that Father's Day you invite me so I can tell about how I saved your life. But I'll need like 15 minutes. How about that? How about that? I don't remember you saved my life. When did you save my life? We'll talk about that later. Okay, okay. Uh, can we have all the moms and all the campuses? We want to say hello to all the moms and all the campuses. Can you all have a stand up? And we want to. Amen. Look at all the moms. Come on. Amen. And before, before they sit down, before they sit down, if y'all can give the moms around you high fives as they sit down, give them a high fives. Amen. So my sister wanted to uh, share something with you um, about a gift that you hopefully got when you came in. Yes. We created this little bookmark because, you know, our mom passed about a year and a half ago, and we just wanted to share her heart to you guys. And two of her favorite prayers that she used to go around reciting, because there was five of us, was make every effort to live in peace with everyone. And then also take delight in the Lord, and he will give you the de desires of his heart. So we just wanted to share some of our mom with you guys on Mother's Day. We hope you're blessed and that you have an awesome Mother's Day. So make sure you get that. If you haven't got it, did you all get that when you came in, ladies? Very good. If you haven't gotten to go out, our mother was a peacemaker. She was 4'11", had five kids within six years. And so she was always making peace, taking care of us and our father, who was like the sixth child. So, uh, Amen. <laughs> so Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, bye-bye. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Happy Mother's Day. Can you all say hello to all the moms up here? Say hello. We are going to hear from them in a minute. If you all get your Bibles out, I want to read something to you. On the count of three, say word. One, two, three, say word. Very good. Turn to Second Chronicles. Second Chronicles. And as you turn there, um, ever since our first year, we've been doing community service. And last year, we did $4.6 million of community service in San Diego. Saved the city about 121 full-time employees. And we do that through all our team members and volunteers throughout the county. We are this weekend having a Do Something Church conference. Do Something is our outreach philosophy, and we are, have invited churches from around the country. Our senior pastors come free, and then there's a small fee for everybody else. But this Thursday night is our opening night at East County. We're going to have our floodgate worship. We're not having a full floodgate service, but our floodgate worship um, experience uh, will open it up. We want to invite all y'all to come out because we can't mobilize enough people to go out and help people. And most of these ministries are led by people who are ministering in a place where they used to be hurt. And so uh, I want to encourage you to come on out Thursday night. It's all on our website. You go to our website and get information about it and do something church conference. Can I get amen? Amen. Um, Joshua, I mean, uh, Second Chronicles. In this story, Josiah was king and Judah, Israel were a mess politically, economically, God was not blessing them. And then one of the priests found the law of God, the Bible, if you will, um, and brought it to the king, and the king read it. 
and he sends a message to Hulda, a prophetess, a woman prophet, and asks her, what do we do? In those days, God only spoke through the prophet, so they would have to go to the prophet or the prophetess to find out what do we do. And what she is going to say to him that we're going to read here in a minute in 2 Chronicles 34, 27 and 28, these women are going to say to you, they're going to give you a word of encouragement today through their story. As we continue our series, When Bad Things Happen, when bad things happen, surrender. When bad things happen, surrender. Look what it says in 2 Chronicles chapter 34, verse 27 and 28. It says, because your heart was tender, everyone say tender, and you humbled yourself before God, say humble, when you heard the words, his words against this place and against its inhabitants, and you humbled yourself before me, and you tore your clothes and wept before me, I also have heard you. God hears your prayers, your cries, says the Lord. I surely will gather you to your fathers, and you shall be gathered to your grave in peace. You can spend your whole life chasing success and money and things. But in the end, trust me, the only thing that matters is when you die, you are at peace. You're not going to take anything with it. No one's ever gone to the grave with a hearse and a U-Haul truck behind it. It's not going to happen. So we're going to hear some words of wisdom from these beautiful ladies up here. Say hello to all the ladies up here. <laughs> How you doing, ladies? Good. Good. Why don't you tell us all your name and one quick thing about your family. My name is Stephanie Chisholm, and I have a husband, Tim, and three children. Very good. My name is Lori Dotz, and I have a husband and three grown children and five grandchildren. Very good. My name is Teresa Holderby, and I have three sons, four granddaughters, and I'm married. My name is Tashani Crosby. I'm a single mom of three. I have a 17-year-old and twins that are eight years old. Very good. So, Steph, tell us your story. Uh, we're anxious to hear. <laughs> uh, so at six months pregnant, uh, my husband and I found out that our son had a chromosomal abnormality uh, which deemed him incompatible with life. It's called trisomy 18. And um, we carried him full term. And he went to be with the Lord on February 2nd of 2017. Did he pass when he was born or right after he was born? Immediately when he was born. Immediately when he was, he, he was born alive? No, just he, as soon as they took him yeah, out, he was it. not Okay, breathing. got you. Um, uh, when you told me the story, I had never heard that term incompatible with life. What did you hear and what did you feel when you heard that term? Uh, I was terrified. Um, you know, nothing had ever, nothing like that had ever happened in our life before. And so I was just wondering what the future was going to be like. If, if, you know, if there was a chance for him to make it, I was just hoping. Mm -hmm. Were you walking with God at the time? I was. Mm -hmm. I, I want you to imagine that, you know, in your life, you're walking with God, you're praying, doing all the things you think are right. And there's something in your life that is incompatible with life. It's incompatible with happiness or uh, peace between relationships. That you think that's inconsistent with me walking with God. What's the problem? Every single one of our lives will do this. We'll go up and down. Up and down. That is guaranteed to happen. The question is, how are you going to respond to God's presence in the ups and his presence in the downs? 
And so your son dies. What happens? So, yes, he, he passed away at 1.11 p.m., and that's significant because um, God is so good. About a year later, I had, um, we had another son, Cairo Chisholm, and he's a healthy boy, but he was also born at 1.11 p.m., so just wow. showing God's faithfulness <laughs> for sure. What does Cairo mean? Uh, Cairo means victorious. Victorious. Mm-hmm. Um, there's... There are people out there who they feel like they're in the incompatible with life news. They're getting nothing but negativity or they have this thing in their life that they, uh, is just destroying their happiness, their peace. What would you say to them? I would say uh, just be encouraged because you're more than your circumstances and um, you are victorious. Uh, God is always with you and, and he's shown his faithfulness all throughout uh, just from the very start. And so I just want you guys to really be encouraged and know that he's with you through the battles and um, not to give up hope. There are 17, go ahead, go ahead, you can give it, yeah, yeah. Uh, There's a spiritual battle going on because they say, well, her son died, how is that good? Um, Her son's in heaven, by the way. When you have little babies that die, they go to heaven. And uh, yes, it's painful, but you always have to wait till the end of the story. And her story is still not over, even though today she knows her son's in heaven, she has another son. But the story is still not over. And if you ever watch a movie and you get mad because the bad guy is getting away with stuff, and you ever watch that movie, sometimes in your life, the bad guy is getting away with stuff, and you get mad at God, you got to wait till the end of the story. And she's telling you that she's been through one, this particular valley. I'm sure it wasn't the first one. It won't be the last. Can you say a prayer for those people who are down here? They just got that news that something's incompatible with life. And they're, they're maybe being tempted to be mad at God. Can you say a prayer for them? All right. Heavenly Father, I just, uh, I thank you for your faithfulness. I thank you that you are always with us, that you are for us and not against us. I pray that any person who is struggling uh, with just being in that valley, Lord God, that you would lift them up, uh, carry them, and show them that they are more than a conqueror, Lord mm-hmm. God. That uh, nothing is, is too little or too big for you, Lord. And so I just pray that they receive that in the name of Jesus and that their lives would be forever changed from this moment on because they know that they have you and hope in Jesus Christ. Thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs> Lori, tell us, tell us your ups and down story. Um, I have a son named Michael, who was a heroin addict. Um, He struggled with addiction for eight years, um, went into a Christian men's home rehab, uh, got out, uh, arrested, five counts of felony, was heading towards a prison term, back into uh, rehab, um, got saved, uh, attended Impact 195, which is now Rock School of Ministry, uh, married a beautiful Christian, has a beautiful Christian wife, three beautiful grandchildren, and he serves the Lord in um, missions and um, with all of his heart. I met him today. You met him. 
So I, he was here for a service and his two daughters, they, they, they named themselves because he told me their names and then they said new names. Their, their names are Madison and Cadence, but they are Anna and Elsa. <laughs> if you know anything about yeah. frozen princesses. I, I don't know anything about Anna and Elsa, but they're, they're the girls. He, he introduced me to them and they went, no, it's Anna and Elsa. Okay. <laughs> Um, when you were going, when that started and he got into drugs and got arrested, et cetera, were you, were you a Christian? I was a Christian, but I had walked away from the Lord. Um, I was angry at the Lord. I um, was in a lot of pain and um, I had turned to, I had a lot of strongholds that I had to get rid of myself. But before I could do that, I had to let go of my son. Um, for any kind of recovery and him to, God to work with him, I had to surrender him. And we had met at the bottom of a cross, literally a big cross, and I said, I can't do this anymore, Mike. Um, I'm letting you go. Um, there is a cross. I'm laying you at the bottom and the foot of that cross. You can either take the Lord as your Savior now it's in, it's in your ballpark. And then I pray to the Lord, Lord, I'm giving them over to you. Here's a tendency, and you'll hear a theme of surrender. Often when things don't go our way, we blame God. We blame the source of the only hope that, that we have. And then we run to the very source of the pain. The devil is the author of confusion and evil in this world, and he's the one who introduces all this garbage in our life, and yet we end up blaming the God who says, I can get you through it, and running to the one who's destroying us. And then when you run to the one who's destroying you, he just destroys you, and you end up getting into a deeper hole, deeper hole. And that's what you found. And then you yes. said, there's people here right now who that's where they're at. They're mad at God. They didn't want to come today. Uh, last week at the altar, a guy came right down here and told me, I was thinking about never coming to church ever again. And, and he came to the altar last week. There may be some people here, you're like mad at God, it's a last resort. He didn't do this, he didn't do this, he didn't do this. And God's like, I'm the only one that can help you. And there's some people here who need to go back to God. They need to say, you know, I need to, I need to surrender. So what I want you to do, if you can, I want you to lead us in a prayer for those people. And we're going to get to surrender some more today uh, to people who need to be surrendered. To God. Before you do that, tell me, tell me what, what it was like for you to go from being angry with God to surrendering. What did you do? Um, what I had to do was, um, as I gave my son away, I, he, I had to really realize that my children don't belong to me. They're God's. My husband doesn't belong to me. He belongs to God. Um, he can work mighty miracles. He can move mountains. He can slay dragons and giants. I can't do that. I wanted to be in control, but I had to let go of that control. I had to let go of the pride. I had to let go of everything that was in me and trust and put my trust in him. Good. Yeah. Why don't you pray for that? Pray for those people who, and he, I'm going to do this today a few times. Some of y'all are like this holding. You got to let go. Say, God, I can't do it. Everyone say, God, I can't do it. You can't. You're not designed to do it. You're designed to trust. You're not designed to fix. You're designed to trust. You have a role in the fixing, but God has to do it. And if you're like this, you're, you're wearing yourself out. <laughs> it's like, <sighs> why don't you pray for us? 
Father God, just thank you. Thank you for um, your greatness. Thank you for your magnificence, Lord, that you are so bigger and mightier than any of us, Lord. Um, Lord, I just pray that if there's anybody in here, um, mother, father, son, daughter, sister, brother, who have a stronghold, a bondage that's holding them back, Lord, I ask that you just release them from that, that they will trust in you and trust in your ways and your love, that they will be able to conquer that through you. Um, lay it at the cross, the, at the cross, Lord, at your feet. Surrender all of it. And um, Lord, I just thank you. I thank you for the mighty work you're going to do, the mountains you're going to move, the giants you'll slay. Um, I just praise and thank you in your precious son's name. Amen, amen, amen. Teresa, Teresa. Yes. <laughs> Teresa has been here since before the church started. She heads up uh, along with Pastor Karen, Pastor Teresa, and our women's ministry. Yes, it's been a blessing. Yes, you're a blessing. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. So tell us your story. Our, my story is our son, when he was 18, we found out he had a methamphetamine addiction that he'd had since he was about 14. And through a series of events, being in and out of jail, looking at prison time, he ended up going out of state for six years in and out of different rehabs. Um, after six years, he wanted to come home. We told him, if you figure it out, you can come home. He figured it out. He came home. And we weren't believers when all this happened. But while he was gone, we gave our lives to the Lord. And when he came back, he did the same. He's got a family today, and we've got, he's got two Three granddaughters, three daughters wow. of his own. So, congratulations! Thank you. Uh, did you notice that she said he was in crystal meth? You found that when he was eighteen. Yes. It could have been early that he. Well, it yes. was early that he started. It was earlier. And then he went away for six years. At what age? He was nineteen when he left. Okay, so he came back like twenty-five ish. Mm -hmm. Yes. And he said, "I want to come home. I want you to imagine your son, your child is on drugs for years, goes away for six years, and wants to come home, and you say." If you can figure out how to get here, that was It was good. hard. It was a hard thing to do. And, and the reason you said that to him? Because we had enabled him for a long, long time, and we knew it was time for him to figure things out on his own. Mm -hmm. And if he was going to do it, he had to be the one to do it. We couldn't do it for him. Very good. And before you got saved, how were you dealing with his addiction? Not well. I just wanted to hold him and think, I thought I could fix him. I could thought of every crazy thought of how I was obsessed with how I could fix him. And it was physically making me ill to the point of not eating or sleeping. Mm. And then what happened after you got saved? I just finally, when we got saved, I just told the Lord, he's yours. I just, with hands open, I just said, I surrender him to you. I can't do this anymore. And the peace that came over me was amazing. Now, Let's talk about this because before you accepted the Lord, you were struggling with it. You couldn't eat. You have stress. Can you describe that real quick? Yeah, the stress. I was losing weight. I was, craziest thing, I would stay up at night. This was how the enemy had me. I would stay up as late as I could because I thought if I get a phone call, he's dead, I'll be awake. So I wouldn't go to, I wouldn't go to sleep. I Did was, that go for years? That went for quite a long time, a couple of years. The devil will run you crazy and run in your head and have you argue and think the worst for years and nothing comes of it. Say amen if you've ever been through anything like that. Can I get amen? The devil's a liar. He is a destroyer. And so he, you're struggling. And a lot of times we think if we worry, 
and we try real hard, we're, we're doing the right thing. Not that, I'm not saying if you're worrying you're a bad person, we all do it. But we think we're actually accomplishing something. And then when the peace of God comes on you and God tells you to do what? When, when it changed, what happened when you? To trust him. To trust him. To and fully what happened? trust him. I couldn't see it, but I just knew that I, he told me, trust me, I've got this. And what happened in your heart as a result? I had so much peace in my heart, in our, in our life, in our, just our whole family. It was life-changing. But his circumstance hadn't changed yet. It hadn't changed yet, no. But did, I, go ahead. Did you feel guilty not worrying? No, <laughs> I didn't. <laughs> I just felt such peace to know that God had him. He loved him more than I did and that he was going to work it out. Did it feel odd not worrying? It did feel kind of odd, but it, I didn't feel bad about it. <laughs> I had freedom. I t had total freedom. How many, same men of you love freedom in your life. <laughs> so here's the devil. He wants to grind. He says, you need to worry. You need to do this. You need to follow him around. And God, and God says, it's not you. I want you to let go. That's what your struggle with somebody else. That's what your struggle with yourself. That's what your struggle with your future. Let, it, let me have it. The Bible says that if, if you trust the Lord, he'll, if you delight yourself in God and say, Lord, you are everything I have, he will give you the desires of your heart and your heart, you will have the peace that surpasses all understanding, Philippians tells us. That means you will have a peace. That I don't understand how I'm not freaking out right now because it's you freaking out is not helping the situation. God wants you to trust him. It's easier said than done, but the only way you can do it is to surrender to God. There's no technique. It's I got to surrender to God. And, and, and I'm going to follow God's lead. It doesn't mean you don't do nothing, but Lord, I'm going to let you guide and direct me. I'm not, gonna, I'm, not, I'm not going to fix it doing this. I'm going to wear myself out. I'm going to fix it trusting you. That's the trick. It's the opposite of the world. You're a citizen of heaven, not a citizen of the earth. So God, how do I do it there? I'm going to bring you to perfect peace. Can you pray for all these people? All these people are like, yes. <laughs> one more time. How many of you would love to stop doing this and just be at peace? Just say amen if that's you. Okay, all the campuses, all the campuses, people out there stressing. We all stress over stuff. We all got drama. And so you're going to pray for all those people on all the campuses. Okay. Amen. Amen. Lord, I just pray right now over everyone listening that you would just give them the peace that does pass all understanding, Lord. Even when things don't make sense or they don't understand, that they could just come to you with hands wide open and say, I trust you. Lord, I pray you would just lift those burdens right now in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 <laughs> to Shawnee, we say, I don't want to say the best for last, but this is going to be powerful. Good. Uh, my name is Tishani. Um, in 2017, on Father's Day, I received a phone call from a friend who informed me um, that my daughter, who was away at camp, told a counselor that um, my ex-husband molested her from age 11 to 13. Um, I actually was the last to know after the police department and district attorney who testified against him in court. Uh, it caused a lot of anxiety. It was very heartbreaking. Um, but the Lord uprooted us as a family and planted us. And he has continued to heal us and restore us. He has not left us. And it's, you know, he's really has encouraged us a lot, helped us a lot. You became a single mom in, in one, one day. In one day. How many kids did you have at the time? Three. 
three kids, your world was turned upside down. Were you walking with God when this happened? I was, not as much as I should have been. It w I'm not sure it would have been easier, but I, I was after everything came out. I was on my knees. So I, I can't imagine too many things worse than that, to get that kind of news. What happened in your faith when that news came in and then you had to start to deal with being a single mom, now ministering to your daughter who's scarred, what did God do in your heart? He, um, I really clung to him more than ever. I stayed in worship. I stayed in the word. I stayed in prayer. I needed him more than ever. And he, I, I had a lot of anxiety and he literally just took a hold of that and turned it around and gave me so much strength um, and encouragement. I had to train up my kids in the way that they should go even more because it was just me. So whatever I did, my kids did. I worship, they worship. I pray, they pray. Uh, what the devil means for evil, God wants to turn into good. And the devil's going to come in all of our lives and he's going to punch uh, relationships. He's going to punch your finances. He's going to punch your heart, destroy your self-esteem. He's got all these weapons. But God, everyone say, but God. And you can describe any situation, always end the sentence with those two words, but God. And, and the reason I said the, the best for last only because uh, they're, they're all great stories of victory. Tell us your, your daughter now. Come on now. She's 17. She's, yeah, she's, yeah, she's 17. She's a senior. Oh, she's right, there. she's right here. I bet you. Look at her. I'm so proud of her. <laughs> yeah, she serves in, she's a leader in um, the youth group. She's youth PST. Um, so she is training to disciple, to minister, to edify, Come on now, come on now, come on now. <laughs> yeah, she's thriving. Uh, now we have PSTs, pastoral support team. Pastoral, those are the people who at all the campuses come down and pray for people. They're all over the community. She is a youth PST in high school, going to, going to be in college. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Thanks for your courage and letting your mom tell us your story today. Amen. Amen. There are right now, right now, thousands of women and thousands of men, more women than men, who have been sexually assaulted at some, in some way. Right now, sitting in this room, in all our campuses, online, right now. Um, I want you to say a prayer to them. And, um, and, and they have family, right? Um, I want you to say a prayer of hope because I know the devil's technique. I have not experienced that, so I can't speak to that specifically. But I know how the devil takes whatever pain you have and he amplifies it times a thousand. And he tells you lies and all those lies have children and they have lies, have children, and it goes on and on. It will never happen. I, I want you to declare victory. Uh, in the name of the Lord. And that young lady right there, what you've seen God do in her life and doing in her life, I want you to declare victory over all these people. Uh, because whatever you've been through um, and however the devil is haunting you, there is victory in Jesus' name. That God, We're going to declare that, that, is, that there's a breakthrough in your life right now that God wants to do in your life. So can you pray that over everybody? Lord, we just come before you acknowledging your presence. We worship you and give you the glory, Lord. I just declare covering over your people. I declare covering and protection over people who have been sexually assaulted, Lord. I pray that you would give them the courage to rise up, to stand up, and to know that it's okay. You have not left them. You have not forsaken them. 
you, even though we cannot see, you are right there. You are, you are with us. You are with them, Lord. You, you see them. So I just declare breakthrough. I declare favor over them in the name of Jesus. Amen. Do you all have your, your do something prayer with you? Okay. We've been uh, talking about being a disciple and praying and do something disciple prayer. And I want to read it. We all want to read it together. It's so important that we have discipleship groups, being a D group, to have people in your life with whom can walk with you through stuff like this. We are not meant to do it alone. We are not meant to fix things. We're meant to trust God and, and we'll have a role in fixing, but God does the fixing. And we need people in our life. And so um, I want to read this in a little different form. They're going to read it in the first person. Amen. So I'll start and end. A do something disciple. As a do something disciple, I am in a disciplined pursuit for the heart of the Father, a heart that is being perfected in love for God and people. I am desperately seeking face-to-face intimacy with you. I am faithfully avoiding that which displeases you. I'm humbly embracing a kingdom mindset. I value making disciples that make disciples. I value being guided by the word of God. I am gratefully growing in generosity. I am nurturing a burden for lost people. I am demonstrating a commitment to a spirit-filled expression of my gifts. I gracefully give and receive forgiveness. I passionately worship God. I am dependent on the power of prayer. I serve with humility. Father, knit our hearts with yours. Fill our hearts with your passions, motivations, desires. In Jesus' name. Uh, We have just a short period of time. I want you to really quick tell us one person, one person in your life or group that has helped you because we all need to have that person in our life. Uh, So for me, it's a group of people, and it was my Rock Kids R group uh, that I really clung to, and they were really helpful just lifting me up and continuing to encourage me in that dark valley. Good, good. For me, it was my um, prayer and accountability partner, um, Diane, and she um, gave me um, scripture verses. She would give me words of encouragement through text. She um, was always there to lift me up and just know and tell me to trust in the Lord. He has it under his control. For me, it was Karen. She was a God sent her into my life at just an amazing time, in a dark, dark time. She was there to pray for me, encourage me, and today she is still walking with me as my prayer and accountability partner. For me, it was my dad. Um, he was always a phone call away. Always, our, he was our covering. He prayed over us, and I just love him and I thank him. Good, good. Okay, I got. I'm gonna take advantage of this nice shag carpet. <laughs> so, um, a lot of y'all need a breakthrough in your life. That there's some. We come to church and we kind of have peripheral relationship with God. In other words, we got this big burden down here that very few people know about. It may be just deep in your heart and you kind of hide it. And so you kind of worship, go through the motions. But this thing down here, in a a very warped way, the devil says, that's between me and you. Let's not talk about that. And it just sits there and you tolerate it. You you feel like it's just part of my life. It's who I am. It's part of my story. It's never going to go away. And God says, no, 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 no. I want to go into the deep recesses of your heart. Intimacy comes from the word intima, which means the inner side of your organs. 
God wants to go all the way in the deepest part of your heart and clean it out and replace it with the peace that surpasses all understanding. But you have to let it go. And so I'm going to pray for a breakthrough. There's some of you who need to be saved. You need to give your life to Christ. You've never given your life to Christ. You've been coming to church and you're like, I don't want to get saved. I don't want to be that born again. Sometimes I talk to people and they don't, they don't, they, I, I meet them and, 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 and I'll ask them, do you go to church? And they'll say, no, I don't go to church. I'm not like one of those born againers, right? And I go, I'm one of those born againers. I'm a born getter. I want to born get you, okay? Um, some of you think that's freaky. Well, and you're like, you know, maybe I need to do that. Maybe I need to step in. Some of you, uh, the devil's got you chained up. And what I mean by that, you're saved, but you still believe a lot of lies. You still carry a lot of burden, and God wants to break it. He wants to break those chains in your life. So we're going to lead you in a prayer and give you an opportunity to say, Lord, here I am. I'm done. I want to have victory. I want to be able to look back on all the horrible things the devil put me through and say, yep, that happened, but I have victory in my life. I have walked through the valley of the shadow of the death, and I fear no evil. Can I get an amen? So I'm going to ask all of you to bow your heads and close your eyes and listen very carefully. Holy Spirit, I pray that you speak to people, and I pray you encourage them. I pray that even now their heart is racing because they know victory is coming. They know they're at the doorstep of a breakthrough, a release in their life that they are going to experience peace they've been searching for all their life. They can't get it in success. They can't get it in money. They can't get it in things. They can't get it in work. They can only get it through a powerful encounter with the Spirit of God. But they've been holding on to their way. They've been holding on to pain and identity of being a victim. But they need to embrace being a victor, a conqueror, a son, a child, an heir of the throne. So if you are ready to open up your clenched fist and release your burden to God, I want you to pray this prayer with me in the privacy of your heart. Pray, dear God, I surrender. I trust you died and rose from the dead for me. I trust that you love me. I surrender. I repent. I walk away from doing it my way. Jesus, fill me with the Holy Spirit. I surrender my life to you. I surrender my burden to you. I lay them at the foot of the cross. Thank you, Jesus. As our eyes are closed and our heads are bowed, in a minute I'm going to ask you to stand up. If you prayed that prayer, for whatever reason, on this Mother's Day, we want to give you opportunity to have a breakthrough in your life. That you would begin your life all over again today. And that you would walk out of here leaving those burdens at the foot of the cross, walking out of here with a peace that surpasses all understanding on every single campus. You'd walk to your car, walk to your house, walk to your apartment, walk to the bus with new freedom, new peace. And a million pounds of burden gone. 
So if you pray that prayer on whatever campus you're in, I'm going to count to three. I'm going to ask you to stand. If you want your family to stand with you, whoever came with you, you have them stand with you. Just tap them on the shoulder, the leg, the knee. So on the count of three, if you prayed that prayer, you're saying, yes, Lord, I, I, I want you to lead me out of the valley of the shadow of death. I want you to save my soul. Just stand to your feet on the count of three. One, two, three. Stand to your feet. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. 